in the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and uh, I was uh, going to preach out of Romans chapter 12 this morning, and uh, but you know what? God has priority of what I preach, amen? And uh, as I was studying, He uh, <clears throat> changed the direction on the message, and we're still going to talk about victory this morning, uh, but um, the Lord directed my attention to another passage about victory, and uh, so uh, we're going to preach on this subject this morning, victory over death, Amen. Victory over death. So if you find your place, stand with me together. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I'm going to read a very familiar passage of Scripture. uh, Verse 54 through 57. The Scripture says, So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought past a saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Praise God for verse 57. Amen. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you today. I pray you'd meet with us. I pray you'd help us, God. I pray that you would speak to hearts, minister to hearts this morning. God, I don't know every need, but Lord, you do. And God, I know that there's heavy hearts, God. I know there's burdens. There's, there's different things that we carry through this life. And Lord, we need to be a help today from your word. So meet with us, we pray. Speak to us now. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Victory over death. If I were to ask uh, a, a person and, and talk to a group of people uh, what uh, <clears throat> their worst fear was, uh, truth be told, if we're honest, almost everybody's uh, worst fear, or at least something uh, on their mind, has something to do with death. And uh, the reason that is, folks, is because the greatest desire God put in mankind is the desire to have life. That's the greatest desire God put in us. And you know what? We all want to live. Amen? And uh, we want to live because God put that in us. We want to live because, you know what? It's just what we do as human beings. It's normal. It's natural. And when it comes to death, now we understand, and we're going to look at this this morning, what the Bible has to say about it. But guess what? We've never experienced it. Okay? We've never uh, actually experience what it's like, how it's going to be, exactly how we're going to uh, go through everything. And so because of the unknown factor of it, death seems to be something that a lot of people fear. But you know what? As Christians, thank God that God gives us victory over death. Amen? And let me tell you something, folks. If we will uh, stay focused on the Scripture and we'll stay focused on, on the Lord, let me tell you something. You don't have to have a fear of death. Amen? Because let me tell you something. Whether or not you have a fear of it or not, God is still giving us victory over death. And we're going to look at some things this morning. I pray it will be a help and a blessing to you and minister to your heart this morning. First of all, let me make a couple observations before we get into the message. Observation number one is that death was not part of God's original plan. Death was not part of God's original plan. Genesis chapter 2, of course, we have the story of Adam and Eve. And we know the story, how God uh, made Adam and, and then He made Eve from Adam and put them in that garden. And you know what? When God made Adam and Eve, death wasn't even part of the picture. Now imagine this, if you will, for a few moments. Amen? Listen, I like to go back. I like to think about how things were. I like to try to go back and imagine in my mind's eye, picture that scene. Could you imagine the Garden of Eden? Amen? What that would have been like and how, how beautiful and, and wonderful that was. And to think they got to enjoy all that with no sin, amen, and guess what? No worry or no thought of death. Man, they literally were living life to its fullest, and, and none of that was a part of that. 
God said to him in verse uh, chapter uh, 2, verse 17, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. You see, God put within that garden two particular special trees. He put in that garden the tree of the tree of life, the Bible talks about, and also the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, some people may say, well, preacher, if God knew that Adam and Eve were going to eat of that fruit, why did he put it in the garden anyway? Have you ever wondered that before? Why did God put it there? Well, folks, listen to me. All right, think about this for a minute. What, what did God gift mankind with when He made them? You know what He gifted us with as a part to any other part of His creation? Free will. He gifted us with free will. Why did He do that? Because God wanted a creation that would choose on their own to love Him. By the way, think about it. If there was no choice, right, there would have been no way for Adam and Eve to prove their love to God. But because there was a choice to be made... Every time they stayed away from that tree, every time maybe Adam and Eve walked by that tree and Adam said, hey, remember what God said about that tree? We're not going to eat of that tree. We're not going to get near that because we love God. Every time they did that, they proved their love to God. Amen? Because they made the choice to obey the Lord. By the way, it's no different than us today. Amen? Listen, we can say we love God all we want, but our love is, is put to test by the choices and, and things we, the, the decisions we make in life. Amen? Whether we obey God, we choose not to obey God. But you know what? We know the story. Unfortunately, Adam and Eve did not obey God. They were beguiled. Eve was beguiled by the serpent. Adam chose to sin. And because of that, the Bible tells us that, number two, death came as a part of sin. Amen? Death was not part of God's original plan, but death is a result of sin. Romans chapter 5, verse 12, that famous verse that's part of the Romans road. Wherefore, is by one man sin entered into the world. Again, that came through Adam. Amen? Listen, I know Eve was the one that ate it first, but Eve's not the one that plunged mankind into, into sin. It was Adam's choice. You know why? Because Adam was the head. Adam was the authority there. And by the way, Adam could have chosen not to eat that fruit. But think about this. He loved his wife so much he was willing to die for her and die with her because he loved her so much. And it was Adam's choice that plunged mankind into sin. And you know what came by that? And death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Let me tell you something, folks. The day they ate that fruit... They may not have died exactly the second they ate it, but they started the process of death. Oh, oh, yeah, they did. By the way, they died spiritually that day. And because they died, guess what? Other things had to die. Animals had to die for a temporary shedding of blood. By the way, Jesus Christ, even at that point, had already died because the Bible said He was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And he already died because of the sin of man. And by the way, death came by sin. First Corinthians chapter 15, uh, the previous verses in our chapter there, verse 21 and 22. For since by man came death. And then the second verse, for as in Adam all die. And folks, listen to me. The day we were born, we started the process of death. The day we were born. Because it's part of being a sinner. Because death is the result of sin. You know, it's uh, always uh, funny to me that people want to blame God when a person dies. They want to try to blame God if, if you know, a person dies before mankind thinks they should. By the way, folks, remember this. Death and life are in the hands of God. Ultimately, God's in control. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. You know what? Listen, folks, we have no control over our death. It's already pre-appointed when we're going to die. You say, well, what about people that choose to take their own life? That was pre-appointed by God. Now, even though he didn't want for them to do that, 
it wasn't His will or for His plan to do that, but because God's sovereign, He knew that that would happen, and it was pre-appointed. Listen to me, folks. It's appointed unto man once to die. Don't blame God when a person dies. It's not God's fault. By the way, uh, death came because of us as mankind. Our choices, not because of God. Death wasn't part of God's original plan. Number three, how about this? Death will one day be destroyed. Only three people are excited about that. Let me say that again. Death will one day be destroyed. Amen. Amen. There you go, church. Come on, get with it now. Amen. All right. Death's going to one day be destroyed. Look at what the Bible says back in our text, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 25 and 26. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Man, it's going to be done with one of these days. Revelation chapter 20, verse 14. And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. Let me tell you, God's going to do away with death one of these days. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Man, aren't you thankful for that? My goodness, everything in life, truth be told, if you think about it, really does revolve around death. I mean, time. What is time? You know what time is? Time is decay. Right? Even the clock means death. Because as time goes by, that's life that is spent, right? That's what we say, spending our time. Well, when you spend it, that means it's gone. You're, 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 you're going to the end point, which the end point, unfortunately, is death. Praise God, one day it's going to be destroyed. How about this? Think about this. Death is merciful in the fact that God uses it to get us out of this sin-cursed world. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to live on this earth forever. In its current state. I mean, come on. I mean, really? You want to live forever when, when all the crazy is going on that's going on? Listen, folks, I eventually want out of this crazy world. I love the song that we sing sometimes. This world's not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Amen? Let me tell you, the Bible tells us as Christians, the book of Hebrews, I didn't, I didn't mark the verse, but it talks about that we are pilgrims and strangers on this earth. Hey, we're just on a journey here, amen? This ain't home. Alright, this ain't home. Sad to say, a lot of Christians make it home, but it's not home. We're just on a journey, and we're off to a whole way better place. But death is merciful. Think about this for a minute. Why did God have to put that angel, that cherub, with that uh, flaming sword to guard the tree of life? Well, He tells us why. Because if Adam and Eve had eaten of the tree of life in their fallen state, they would have lived forever in their fallen state. By the way, nobody wants to live forever in their fallen state. Amen? So death is merciful in the fact that it gets us out of this sin-cursed world. And then number five, fifth observation is this. God has given His children victory over death. Victory over death. Again, let's go back and read our passage this morning. There in verse 54 to 57. Verse Corinthians chapter 15. So in this corruptible, you know what that's talking about? Our bodies. Amen? You know what our bodies are? Corruption. They're corruptible. Shall have. By the way, notice what that ver- that those words are. Shall have. Amen? You know what that means? That's definite. Okay? Not might have. Shall have. So in this corruptible shall have put on incorruption. And this mortal, by the way, we're mortal, are we not? Sure we are. Shall have put on immortality. Man, I'm, I can't wait to change into those garments one of these days. Amen? Putting on the cloak of immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. By the way, you know when that moment's going to be? When death's going to be swallowed up in victory? It's going to be when that trumpet sounds. Amen? 
Because it's going to happen, folks. Oh, death, I love the question. Where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which gives us the victory. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. No wonder we sing that song, Victory in Jesus. Amen? Praise God for that. Now, that was the introduction. Let me give you the message real quick. Amen? Why as Christians we can have victory over death? Why can you be victorious over death? Alright, I just gave you some observations about death. And let me give you the reasons why we have victory. Number one, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Preacher, it's not Easter. What are you doing talking? Let me tell you something. We ought to be preaching about the resurrection every Sunday. Amen? Man, what a powerful thing. Again, go back to our text. Notice what we read there. Back it up in verse 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19. Notice what he says. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of our, we of all men, we are of all men most miserable. But now in Christ, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For, si- for since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Hey, you know what he's saying here? He's saying that the, uh, the, 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 the way to victory for the Christian is because the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Now listen, I'm thankful for everything Jesus went through as he suffered his passion. As he suffered his passion in the garden, in that mock trial, at that scourging post, and that he was on that cross and he was nailed to the cross, the crown of thorns, and uh, he becomes sin as the Father poured his wrath out upon him. All those things were necessary for us to be saved. In fact, the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remissions. But listen to me, if that was all Christ would have done, then we would have to echo the words of the Apostle Paul and say, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of our men most miserable. Because let me tell you something, folks. It was, it, yes, His death. Amen? Jesus uh, 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 paid for our sin by His death on the cross. But something happened when He rose from that grave. Amen? The devil wants you to think that the grim reaper is the master of death and holds the keys. But let me tell you something, folks. There ain't no such thing as a grim reaper. Bible says this, Jesus said in Revelation 1.18, I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. By the way, he thought that was so good, he put an amen in the middle of that verse. All right? And notice what else he says, And have the keys of hell and of death. You know who owns that key ring? Jesus owns that key ring. Amen? And when he rose from the dead... He proved the fact that He has power over death and He allows everyone who's accepted Him as their Savior to have victory over death. God manifested His power not just to the world where we as humans live, but He manifested His power to the spirit world that day when Jesus Christ walked out of that grave. Amen. Hey, He was making a statement to the stinking devil. He was making a statement to all the hordes of hell. Guess what, boys? I got the power over death. Amen. And I've got this power, and I'm going to give that power to my children. Victory. Why? Because of my resurrection from the grave. By the way, I love that phrase. I don't know if you picked up on that or not. That verse I read, it says that Christ was the first fruits. By the way, think of the Jewish harvest, if you will. That harvest, and really I guess today, uh, maybe not quite in, in modern agriculture, but back then, the harvest was in three parts. Okay, They had the first fruits. By the way, your garden has that. 
If you put a garden out, and uh, you're going to have the things that begin to ripen first of all, right? The first fruits. And then you're going to have the main harvest. And then once that's all said and done, you're going to get what they call the gleanings, what's kind of left over. By the way, Jesus was the first fruit. He's the one that rose from the dead first. Guess what we're waiting on? We're waiting on the main harvest. Amen? And you know what that main harvest is going to be? It's going to be when that trumpet sounds. Amen? And we say goodbye to this world. Praise God for that. So why can we have victory over death? Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Number two, you can have victory over death because of the removal of death's sting. The removal of death's sting. Again, go back and read what it says. Verse 55. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? You see, folks, when Jesus died and He said though that great famous statement, it is finished, you know what that meant? He made the final payment on sin. Guess what? No more animal blood has to be shed anymore. You know why? Because the perfect Lamb of God shed His blood. But when He arose from the grave, He not only gave us victory over death, man, this is good, He removed the sting of death. Now, how many of you are afraid of bees or wasps? Raise your hand. All right? Some of you are. All right? Some of you are allergic to them. Jeremiah. All right? Y'all see that picture? What happened to him last summer? Uh, the summer before last, he got stung uh, uh, right up here, I think, in the cheek or the forehead, and he turned into a Klingon from Star Wars or Star Star Trek. Man, his face swelled up. Man, I mean, his eyes got big and poofy. It was last summer he got stung in the arm. Is that what it was? I mean, his arm all swelled up. You know why? Because he's allergic to that. He's allergic to the sting. Some people die from the stings, right? Because they're so allergic to them. Well, let me ask you this: How afraid would you be of a bee or a wasp if it had no stinger? Now, would it be annoying? Yes. Would it might buzz you and you'd swat at it? Yes. But you wouldn't be afraid of it. Nobody's afraid of a house fly. Now, they're definitely annoying. I hate them, man. I go on a personal vendetta mission to kill flies. Occasionally, there'll be one in my office, and if you saw through the window, you thought I was, I was speaking in tongues going crazy, man. I'm in there with my, my I don't have a fly swatter. I got a, a rolled up newspaper. I'm chasing that thing around, man. I'm, I'm whacking everything. I'm going nuts in there. I hate flies, but I'm not afraid of flies. Nobody's afraid of a fly. You know why? Flies can't hurt you. Now, they're annoying. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't want them in my food. But they're not going to, you know, come down and sting me and make my arm hurt really bad. You know why? It has no stinger. That's why. Okay? And folks, let me just say this about death. Okay? For the Christian. That's what Christ has done for us. He's removed the sting of death. He literally ripped the stinger out of it and removed the fear of what death holds for the Christian. Let me tell you what death is, folks. It's a vehicle that takes you from this world to the next. How many's ever moved before? Oh yeah, I hate it. Amen. And you know what? You know, you know what? You know what you do when you move? I mean, you pack your stuff up. All right, you literally move from one place to the next. And you know what? That's really all death is. It just is taking you from this life to the real life that's to come. By the way, the next life is way more real than this life. Okay? There's this uh, stupid. Uh, probably shouldn't even say this. <laughs> I'm gonna say it anyway. All right. There's this uh, a stupid thing out where that people that they, they, they call these things. All right, maybe you've heard of these before. All right, they call it glitch in the matrix, and what it means is is that people experience things that there's no explanation for, and they think they're living in an alternate reality. Okay, it's pretty bizarre actually. All right, but you'd be surprised how much stupid stuff there is that's out there. All right, that people get sucked into. But I'll be honest with you, 
you know what? I kind of believe that. Let me tell you why I believe that. Because this really isn't the real reality. It's a real life on earth we live, but this isn't the real life God has for us. It's the next life. In fact, the Bible tells us we're to be taking all of our time here and getting ready for the next life to come. And that's really what it's all about. It's not about this life. And if you want to use the word of the wackos, maybe you could say this is really a simulation. It's not really the real thing. Now, yes, are we here? Yes. Are, are we living in reality? Yes. But let me tell you, the real reality is the next life to come. Amen? That's what as Christians our mind ought to be focused on. And folks, I'm going to tell you, death is the vehicle God uses to get us there. Okay? Here's how God views the death of His children. Listen to this. Psalms 116, verse 15. Listen to this. Man, this is good. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Did you hear that word? Precious. You know what the word precious means? It means valuable. Valuable. It's valuable to God that when His saints leave this earth and go to the next. You know why? Think about it. Because He gets to be with us physically, that's why. I mean, praise God for the way He interacts with us now through His Spirit, through His Word. I'm thankful for that. But it's not the same as being with Him in His presence. Remember when my wife and I were dating? We celebrated our anniversary this week. And, and we've been uh, married for 22 years. We've been together for uh, a little over 24 years. Now remember, the who whistled? Who thought that was a long time? Man, these kids are teenagers. Hey, well, that ain't that long, right? But we've been together for uh, over 24 years. Now I remember when... Um, we were first together. I was away at Bible college, and, and she, was still, she was still back home finishing up high school. And I remember that was days before cell phones and texting, right? And you know what? We would actually, yes, write letters. Could you imagine that? You actually get a pen, and you write thoughts out on a piece of paper, and then you fold it up, spray some cologne on it, put it in an envelope, and put it in the mail! <laughs> I know such a foreign concept of this new techie generation, Right? But we would do some of it, and we'd write letters. And uh, she had her favorite perfume, and, and before I went to Bible college, she, she wrote me, man, I'm getting sappy on you this morning, but she wrote a notebook, and in that notebook, she wrote me all kinds of things that told me, never mind, none of your business what she wrote, amen? But I remember take, she took that, and she'd spray her perfume on that. And I'll be honest with you, I missed her a whole lot when I was gone and we were away. I remember opening that thing up and, and reading those letters over and smelling that page, Man, I'm going to tell you, it made me feel close to her, but guess what? It wasn't the same as me being with her. I love those weekends where I could sneak home and surprise her, and she didn't think I was coming, but I'd actually be here, and I'd I'd jump out and surprise her, and and just how wonderful it was to be in her presence. By the way, it's still good to be in her presence. Amen? All right? But all that to say, listen to me, folks, it's the same way with God. That's why it's precious for Him, precious for Him, when He gets to call His saints back to heaven. Amen? When we were at campus last week, the preacher there, um, he told us a story about a young man who he used to travel with the Bible college, and uh, the, the pastor, Brother Scott Gray, he used to travel with the Bible college on tour, like, like the tour groups come in. And he said there was a young man that uh, he would t- tour with, and he said the guy could play any instrument, but he couldn't sing worth a lick. And he said, in fact, what they would do is when they'd get up to sing, he'd have the PA guy turn his microphone all the way down because he stunk so bad. But... They needed him to play, and he was really good. But he said that, uh, he asked him uh, what he wanted to do with his life. And here's what he said. He said, I want to be a Spanish youth pastor. He's like, man, that's kind of a you know pretty unique thing to be. But you know what he did? He was a missionary in, per- in Peru, and man, he was making an impact down there. 
And then uh, he told his wife, this young missionary told his wife, he says, you know, God wants me to spend, I want to spend, uh, uh, what do we say, 14 hours this week with the Lord. I'm going to walk with God two hours every day because God wants me to do that. And he did. And he spent that time with the Lord. And within the next month, he had a tragic accident and he tragically passed away. And, And Brother Scott was telling the story about going down to that funeral and all the young people everywhere that this young man impacted just his few short years in Peru. And here's what he said. He says, you know, I wondered... You know, God, why would you take a young man like this? But he says, you know what? I think God just said, you know what? Our time we spent together was so good. Let's just do it together up in heaven. Amen? You know, the Bible in the book of Hebrews talks about this phrase, talks about those dear saints of God of whom the world was not worthy. You know, there's some people, and I don't know how God does it all. You know, there's some people that they love God so much or whatever that God just says, you know what? The world's not even worthy of you. Why don't you just come up with me? Amen? And folks, I'm going to just say this. It's precious in the eyes of the Lord when His saints pass off to heaven. You know why that is, folks? Because God's removed the sting from death. Now, I have a lot of illustrations written down here, and I don't have time to read them all to you this morning, but let me, let me at least read one of them to you. Think about our early church fathers who went through some of the most horrendous times of persecution, especially during the times of what they refer to as the Dark Ages. And if you ever read a book called Fox's Book of Martyrs, you can read a lot of these stories. Here's one story I'm going to read to you this morning of a man named Lawrence. And it says this, The governor fiercely commanded his guards to seize Lawrence and take him to, to the dungeon. There the terrible, there he was related, uh, the fate. A great fire was built upon the stone floor, and a huge gridiron was placed upon it, and the martyr was stripped of his clothing and thrown upon the fiery bed to slowly perish in the scorching heat. The cruel tyrant gazed down upon his dreadful sight to gratify his hatred and revenge. But the martyr had strength and spirit to triumph over even uh, over him even to his last breath. Not a murmur escaped him. But with his dying breath, he prayed for the church at Rome, for the conversion of the entire empire to God, and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he gave up the ghost. Let me ask you a question. How can a person that, if they were experiencing dramatic physical pain, wouldn't be screaming and wouldn't be begging for their life if the death, if the sting of death weren't removed? Let me tell you what I personally believe. Based upon stories like I just told you and stories of other saints all through the Scripture, I believe for the Christian, when it comes time to die, God puts His supernatural arms around that Christian. And I'll be honest with you, I think for the most part, they don't even sometimes feel everything. You know what? Uh, In our day and age, modern uh, medicine, we don't really get to experience people passing anymore because modern medicine makes it to where they're unconscious all the way. And by the way, that's probably a good thing for most people. But back in the day before modern medicine, when people actually sat at a deathbed and were actually there, man, some of the most precious things those dying saints would say is they pass from this life into the next. You know, the closer you get to death, the thinner the veil becomes. And they begin to see things and experience things as it gets them ready for the next life. How about D.L. Moody? It was said of D.L. Moody on his deathbed. Uh, Here's what he said. He said this, The earth recedes, heaven opens for me. His son Will concluded his father was dreaming. No, this is no dream, Will. It's beautiful. It's like a trance. If this is death, it is sweet. There's no valley here. God is calling me and I must go. Man, I'm going to tell you something, folks. There's something about the death of a Christian that God removes that sting. 
I was in the presence of my grandfather when he passed, and, and I've told you the story before, but we sang him into heaven. And when he was there in that hospital bed, laying there in his living room, and I think he was on a little bit of, of medicine, of course, to keep him comfortable. But let me tell you something. That's why the Bible says it's like falling asleep. Literally, he took a breath, and the next breath, took one breath, and that was it. He was gone. It was a very peaceful thing. Now, he didn't say anything per se, probably because they had him under some medication. But all that to say, folks, listen to me, the sting of death is removed for the Christian. And you know why you can have victory over death? Because that sting's removed. And then last of all, let me give you this. Why can we have victory over death? Number one, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Number two, the removal of death's sting. Number three, how about this, church? The reward of heaven. Amen? Amen. I just love talking about heaven. I don't think we talk about it enough as Christians. I don't think preachers preach about it enough. And you know what? I understand we've got to preach about sin. We've got to preach about judgment and hell. But let me say this, folks. I'd much rather preach about heaven than those things. And praise God when God allows me from time to time to preach on those things. Let me just remind you what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. We are confident, I say. By the way, confident, I say, and willing, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So let me tell you what that means for the Christian. Amen? When your soul, which is the real you, by the way, leaves your body as a Christian, there's no this time of limbo stuff, okay? By the way, nobody goes to purgatory, amen? There ain't no such thing as purgatory. That's a, that's a lie from the pit of hell, alright? No, the Bible says to be absent from the body for the child of God is to be present with the Lord. That means this, when you take your last breath on this earth, you take your next breath in heaven, Amen? There ain't no this in-between state. There ain't this no, well, I'm going to hang around and haunt my loved ones type thing, okay? That ain't the way it works, all right? And let me tell you, there is a real place called heaven waiting for the children of God. Again, for sake of time, I'm not going to go back and read all the Scripture, but you ought to frequent it often. Revelation chapter 21, Revelation chapter 22. It tells us what's going to be there when we get to that place. By the way, it doesn't tell us everything. I mean, there's no way the Bible could contain everything there is to know about heaven. Listen, if God told us everything, you know what, you know what we'd be doing? We'd be drinking some Kool-Aid, right? Because we want to be there. But listen to me, folks. We can't go until God wants us to because we got a job to do right here. Amen? we got things that must be accomplished. But God does give us, pull back the veil and give us a glimpse into it. All right? Uh, he talks about this in Revelation chapter 22. We sang about it this morning. Shall we gather at the river? I can tell you right now, I wasn't talking about the White River. Amen? All right? Because there ain't nothing pure about that river. All right? No, Revelation chapter 22 talks about the pure river of water of life flowing from the throne of God. Man, I, I can't wait to see that river. I love water that's just crystal clear. And I'm going to tell you, we've never seen water like it's going to be that water. Amen? The Bible talks about, in Revelation 22, verse 2, the tree of life. Chapter 22, verse 3, talks about the throne of God. Uh, chapter 21, verse 10, the holy city, the new Jerusalem. It's going to shine like jasper and crystal. It's got 12 gates of pearls. It's 12 foundations of precious stones. It's got streets of pure gold. It's a 1,500-mile square. And by the way, that's just one city that's going to be there. One city, the New Jerusalem. By the way, that New Jerusalem, you know who that's made for? The Bible tells us who it's made for. It's made for the Lamb and His bride. That means that's us. Amen? You say, preacher, I'm a country folk. Amen? I don't know about I like living in a city. I promise you, you'll like this city. It ain't nothing like you've ever seen before. Amen? And I don't even, can't even comprehend all that it's going to be, folks. All I know is I want to be part of it. Amen? Not only that, the Bible says in heaven there's going to be the saved from all the ages. 
Aren't you thankful that as a Christian, we know that when we say goodbye to our, our saved loved ones, it's not really goodbye, it's just I'll see you later? Aren't you thankful for that? I mean, there are so many people that I can't wait to get to heaven to talk to. I mean, listen, I want to, yes, I want to see my lost love, or my, my, my loved ones are there already, my saved loved ones, amen. I want to see them, I want to talk with them, I want to I experience, uh, you know, see them again. But man, could you imagine sitting down and talking with, you name them, anywhere from the Bible, anybody that was a Christian, they're going to be there. I mean, Adam, talk to him, talk to Eve, talk to Noah, talk to Abraham. Hey, yeah, even talked a lot. Now, I bet you, I bet he ain't going to have necessarily a, uh, uh, the most pleasant experience when he stands before the Lord to give an account, right? But hey, he's going to be there. How about all the other ones throughout the scripture? Talk to the apostles. I don't know about y'all, but which, which apostle you want to get to first, okay? And, uh, uh, maybe Peter, right? Get to him first, or, or maybe Andrew who, uh, brought Peter to Christ. I mean, come on, folks. Listen, we're going to have all eternity to be able to spend with the saved of all the ages. I mean, come on, Paul, Paul, Paul comes up to you and says, hey, let's go spend a thousand years over here. Okay, sure, let's go, right? All right, I mean, come on, folks, it's going to be amazing. The saved from all the ages are going to be there. Let me tell you what, the most important thing is going to be there. Jesus is going to be there, amen? Jesus is going to be there. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. Listen to this. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. I don't know about you, but I love bright, sunny days. They just put me in a good mood, Amen? And I understand we need the rain, and I get all that, and that's part of it. But man, it just, I get a little depressed when I don't see the sun for very long. That's why sometimes it's hard getting through January and February, right? Because we don't see the sun as much. I love the sun. It's just something about the, the blue skies and the sun that just puts you in a good mood. Amen? Let me tell you something, folks. We don't have to worry about cloudy days in heaven because there ain't going to be any. Because you know why? Jesus Christ is going to light it. Amen? You talk about His light. You think this sun's bright. By the way, it's going to be so bright, you're not even going to need sunglasses. Right, I got in the summertime. I always got what I call raccoon eyes because my eyes are very sensitive to the light, and I have to wear sunglasses because of my because of my sensitivity in my eyes. And I'm always walking around with with raccoon eyes because of the the shadow of my sunglasses. Hey, I ain't gonna need sunglasses in heaven, amen? Because Jesus is gonna lighten it. Man, you talk about how amazing that's gonna be. This reward of heaven. How about this? How about the things that won't be there? Okay. How about this? Mourners won't be there, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Hey, when we're on this earth, we mourn, don't we? I mean, s- some folks are going to be mourning today. Going to a funeral. Help, or are going to be with family because of loved ones have passed. They're going to be mourning. And by the way, as long as we're living on this sin-cursed earth and these sin-cursed bodies, they'll be mourning. But guess what? No mourners in heaven. How about this? Morticians and grave diggers won't be there. And there shall be no more death. No more death. They're going to be out of business. Hey, aren't you thankful for this? Medical doctors won't be there. Only three people are excited about that too. All right, go ahead. You must like going to the doctor. I hate it, okay? Hey, medical doctors won't be there. Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And you know what? Pain's a part of life. It's a part of the sin curse. It's a part of living in a decaying, dying body. We've got to deal with pain. But guess what? Ain't going to be in heaven. How about this? I'm sticking with the M. Mosques. Or places of worship won't be there. And I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Hey, you ain't got to go to church house there. Jesus is the church house. He's everywhere. We'll just be able to worship Him anywhere and everywhere. Moon and the other celestial lights won't be there. 
And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Hey, all that stuff God created to light the earth won't need it in heaven, amen? How about this? MPs won't be there, right? No security team guys, sorry. We don't need one of those in heaven. Alright? As much as I like my firearms, we ain't going to need them in heaven. Okay? And the gate of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there is no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall be no wise, listen to this, in no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Hey, you ain't going to need no security team in heaven. Amen? You ain't going to need that. And you know what else won't be there? The misplaced won't be there. Listen to this verse. Very sobering verse. Revelation 20.15 And whosoever is not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. No lost person is going to be in heaven. That's why it's so important. You know what? We do our job right now on earth. Amen? And we try to get as many people saved as we can. So, hey, why as Christians can we have victory over death? Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because of the removal of death's sting. And number three, because of the reward of heaven. Now listen to me. You may not feel like you need this message today, but there's coming a day you will. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you, at some point in time, and it may not just, you know, right now it may be loved ones, it may be people that we care for that pass, but one of these days it's going to be us. If the trumpet don't sound, all right, and I pray that it does. I pray we all go into rapture. That's what I'm praying for. Amen? And I think there's a good possibility that's how it's going to happen. But if not... Guess what? You're going to have to take your, your journey through the valley of the shadow of death. But you know what? You don't have to fear. You know why you don't have to fear? Because of the things we talked about this morning. Because Jesus Christ has given us victory over death. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning.